Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said of these stones today are the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. Let's go. All right, so uh, welcome to another episode of Cinema Slaughter, uh, where we talk about all things horror. Uh, we've been trying to avoid the obvious horror movies for you know our first uh, eleven or twelve episodes or what have you. A few people have mentioned to me, Omar, that hey, how come you guys don't talk about like Halloween and um, Friday the Thirteenth and you know other you know, like the classics of the golden age of horror movies, you know, the I would say the 70s through the late 80s, I would classify as the golden age of horror, at least for us. Um, Absolutely. And I said, well, you know, there are so many podcasts out there that talk about the same old stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean we don't love those movies or that we're not going to discuss them at some point. But we're starting off this podcast and we really want to get people interested in genre films and and it's a wide range when we, you know there's a, a wide range of movies that we love and sci-fi is included in there horror blended films horror sci-fi elements you know the all of these movies are really important to us so um to answer some questions uh, of people that oppose this to me they mentioned um actually friends of mine <laughs> sent me a text uh, a couple other people were private messaging on our instagram and just saying hey you know what about the the mainstream horror movies we'll get to them eventually we'll talk about some of those too um but you know we want to try and let people know hey there's a ton of indie movies out there there's a ton of other um off the beat stuff yeah foreign right. movies stuff that doesn't get enough love at least in our opinion so that's why we have been discussing some of these lesser known films so and, we're going to continue and, that trend and we're we're actually also doing um like this movie that we're doing today, um, it's a movie that maybe you know went under the radar. A lot of times you have these new movies that come out and mm-hmm. they go under the radar and nobody talks about them. So, you know why why not talk about them? Yeah, I, th- I mean, this, I think this that's our from a whole goal. Yeah, yeah, this one is from a director that is no stranger to genre movies. He. Um, and I hope I'm not butchering this, but Pascal Loger, I think is is his name. He's done Brotherhood of the Wolf, um, which is uh, awesome. It, I love that movie, man. You know, I I wanted to love this movie. I, I give it a two and a half to a three, but I I love the style stylistically. It's it's amazing. I love the look and feel of Brotherhood of the Wolf. Um, it's it's a bit. Um, I don't know, like batshit crazy, like suddenly. Oh yeah. There were scenes in the film where the coat opens up and this guy's just got a mutant arm and some weird stuff going on. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a werewolf film, and I was looking forward to it being a real werewolf film, and it just kind of, I felt like it dropped the ball for me. But I don't want to digress. Uh, he directed that. He directed Martyrs, and if if you have not, and and if no one has seen the film Martyrs. You're doing yourself as a horror movie fan a disservice, and you need to see it. So, Omar, have you seen Martyrs? I haven't. I okay. it's kind of one of those movies that I know what it's about. I know the brutality, mm-hmm. 
and I'm kind of <clears> like, uh, I I gotta prepare myself for it because very, it's very good. I know. I mean, it just I know the brutality is insane with it, and so mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I gotta be ready for it, man. Yeah, you do. You should prepare thyself. Maybe, who knows? Well, maybe we'll discuss it in one of our future episodes. It's really worth talking about. Um, it's definitely, and I, I know it was remade. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of American remakes of, of foreign films as a general rule. I, I don't like remakes, period. But, I didn't even know um, they remade it. Yeah, so I would stay away from a remake and just stick with the original. Um, some people hate subtitles. I don't know if it's been dubbed, but you should check it out regardless. So That's right. the um, that that was like a basic preamble to today's episode, where we are going to be talking about, amongst other things, um, the movie Ghostland, or also known as uh, Incident in a Ghostland, which is a 2018 horror film directed by Pascal Loger. Um, and this film begins with a woman who inherits her late aunt's house and moves uh, into the house with her daughters. So uh, they are on their way to the house um, and they arrive their first night there. A, um, these Van. sadistic, yeah, these sadistic people, they were, um, they're driving an ice cream truck or a candy truck or something to that effect. They, um... They break into the house. It's, it begins as a home invasion, and, and these two invaders are sadistic, twisted individuals, and they proceed to, um, you know, I don't want to, I, I want to give stuff away, and then I don't, but let's just um, say that they attack spoilers. the mother and two of her daughters, and, and, and both of our daughters, rather, and the entire movie is them attempting to, um, recover or uh beat them at their own game yeah there's um a lot of um i can't say uh flashbacks um but i i predicted like there was some things that happened that and i kind of was able to break that i saw right through it i think that the hints that they gave uh in the first uh, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes or so were kind of obvious. They just were like glaring, saying, okay, this is this, this, and this is going to happen. Um, yeah. But, I mean, this, the there's a lot of <laughs> brutality. I guess this uh, director. There is. Definitely, yeah. And the first attack, if you will, by these, you know, horrible uh, horror figures is really just hyper aggressive you know and it just came out of nowhere um remember they they encountered these on on the road and one of the daughters is um kind of you know she's the black sheep of the family and she actually gave the people in the uh, ice cream truck or candy truck i'm sorry um she gives them the finger and i think that was what set it off like they were following them from that point on but it it kind of um even before that happened they stopped by um like a convenience store um mm-hmm. or you know gas station if uh, if i remember correctly and they were reading a newspaper and it spoke of these you know killers uh and what they do and how they operate 
And so that right. in itself gave that uh, was one of the hints that I got. Right. Um, you know. Yeah, they give uh, you the, a little foreshadowing. Exactly. Exactly. Some foreshadowing. There's and, not. Uh, yeah. It's not necessarily a, a mystery type movie, although they do their best to try and and add a you know some type of you know red herring with this uh, sixteen year um, sixteen year flash forward. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's not necessarily um. There's no mystery to this. Um. And then it, you know it they they reveal the conceit of this 16 year flash forward and then you know it's just like Omar said it it becomes a um a brutality festival. With uh, exactly. Yeah, with these two um, people who were stalking them, they actually assault, they rape the girls. Um, we, you know. And obviously, after 16 years, I mean, which is hard to believe that they were able to stay in this house and keep them that long. It's just crazy. Well, wait a minute, though. I um, I don't know if I... Oh, I, right. Um, well, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's my mistake. So they didn't keep them for 16 years. The uh, The idea was they that uh, this girl, um, she, in order to cope with um being raped and being brutalized and having their mother killed she believes at at some point that she's um that she's out of it and she's not in the house any longer and she um <laughs> she is um moved, she has moved on and she's become a famous writer and she's be uh she's writing about the events um but yeah so the these killers have kept them in the house for quite for some time um and uh, so i apologize yeah i had a massive brain fart right there (laughs) that's all good man um but uh and so the thing is yes she's using uh her imagination and her writing you know and um as an escape for the for the brutality that she's undertaking and so that was the um, at, so at one point you see her as an adult where, you know, 16 years later, she's, you know, living this pretty lavish lifestyle. And then you get uh, uh, hints that this is actually still occurring, that what she's experiencing was her own imagination of escape. Um, I did have some problems with uh, with the villains. They, I mean, the, the you had two of them. There was one big, brutal guy but he was uh uh he seemed to be mentally challenged you know yeah. and then the other one is kind of i guess maybe the mastermind and he uh appears to be uh, uh, trans perhaps um you know i know there's uh, several classifications and pardon my lack of expertise but uh, seemed to be some kind of a trans type individual and so that in itself kind of, I think that the director used these, um, you know, the fact that you had two people that quote unquote weren't normal, you know, uh, as as these villains. And so I did have a bit of a problem with that. Um, what problem? Well, in that, uh, you know, that they are, because of their difference, you know, that, 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 that that they're alien, that they're, you know, you know what I mean? Like one is 
has a disability, and so he's this monster, you know, this troll, yeah. if you will. And then the other's this evil, feminine-like manipulator, you know, and so there, there are certain things there that I would, you know, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> not, it's, it's, it's right, I mean, it man. definitely lends itself, um, you know, to to this um, to these outsiders, right? So they the outsiders break into this, um, and obviously, uh, these girls are at odds with each other. The two sisters, um, Beth and Vera, don't get along. You know, Beth is. Um, is a you know this young introverted girl she's not interested really she would like to be you know like every other girl with boys and everything else and she's really more interested in reading and writing and developing her craft she wants to be a a, a novelist and the other sister is like you know she's the extrovert she's the one who probably would go to parties and and you know uh, get drunk and and meet boys and they don't get along at all. They are arguing all the time and throughout the entire ride that, it, you know, the beginning of the film, the first 20 minutes while they're, they're getting to the house, you know, they're arguing. And uh, even when they get there, they're still arguing. And um, and I think that's part that lends itself, you know, that that um, that rivalry lends itself to, you know, what's later to come in the film where, you know, Beth still doesn't want to believe what's going on and she kind of you know from that trauma blocks it out and looks at her sister vera as the you know in her delusion as you know she's she's uh, mentally weak she can't get over that night her tormentors are still trying to torment her even though you know it's 16 years later and then you slowly it's you know then it's revealed that wait a second she's the one who's delusional and vera had pointed that out earlier saying you know she's she just, you know, wraps herself up in her own cocoon and she's in her own head all the time and she's, you know, she's not willing to address it. And so that foreshadowing kind of brings us back to the fact that, holy crap, you know, the mother didn't uh, help, you know, help them survive. The mother didn't kill one of the, you know, these, uh, you know, these stalkers. Um, but the mother, in fact, was killed by them. And then it's just these two young girls um, trying to, you know, trying to survive. survive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, um, that, that was the, the point when, when the mother did get killed. I was kind of like that, that, you know, kind of like, I was like, I kinda, it, it definitely had an effect on me. Like I was like, Oh damn. You know, that was kind of, yeah, it, it was, and it was a brutal way of dying. I mean, she just, she was, it was, it was pretty One bad. The, I think we talked about this too. One of the things um, about, French cinema, you know, modern French horror films, in fact, that, that I really love, um, they have an aesthetic of unflinching realism when it comes to um, the violence of those films. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And, you know, some, you know, we as horror fans, we look at it, and some people are like, oh, I love gory horror movies. Oh, I love, you know, um, you know, slow burn horror movies. People have their own things that they really that they take to, um, and so some movies like this one has a little bit of of everything going on. Uh, it has you know the beginning um, with this slow burn, and then it takes you you know out of the action and brings you into you know Beth coming back to her her mother and and her sister and going through this, and you're unsure what the hell's going on. You kind of think like, wait a minute, you know, is this really happening? And I thought. Um, 
Pascal Loger, you know, I thought the director, he also wrote it. And I thought he did a good job of these characters. Um, but they weren't just wooden characters, even though they, you know, they, they're in, um, you know, this crazy situation. He did his best to kind of bring them out of, you know, this two-dimensional um this you know the the tropes of horror films and 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 brought them into the situation which i liked i thought he was i thought he did a good job in writing the characters i liked um i liked the acting i thought the the actors in the film did a great job too and uh so yeah i really enjoyed this movie it's not perfect it's a it's a little bit slow towards the middle of the film and it can be become a little bit um heavy-handed there's a lot of screaming and yelling and violence in this movie um i'm not 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 saying that it's a bad thing necessarily but sometimes you know when you get you know you have a 90 minute film and uh you know sometimes it, it can be uh it can be it can weigh on you but even down to the fact when you know towards the end of the uh, of the film itself when you think that they're just about to escape and the police have come to their to their you know to their aid and then, you know, these stalkers come out of, you know, come out of nowhere and even start killing the police. You know, you're like, holy crap. It's like nobody is safe in this movie. And you just think like they're never going to get away from them. Yeah, that that part, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that was one of the heavier handed parts is the way that it was done. Right. <laughs> where I was kind of like, all right, is this her imagination or is this really happening? Because... Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> and I was like, like, is I this know. cop for real? Like, aren't you going to turn around? <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, come yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was just, like I said, I, there, like I said, it's not a perfect movie. Um, right. There are very few films that are quote unquote perfect. But I think um, what, what, I think they accomplished what they set out to to accomplish with this film. I mean, you know, at the end, the sisters have to work together. They have to try and overcome that rivalry and their anger towards each other. And, you know, there there's character development. You know, there's, um, there's movement within this confined space that I liked. One, uh, I don't know, this was kind of weird to th- a throwaway uh, um, kind of scenario. I, I don't know. Where um, I, re- I remember earlier on seeing there was uh, a point where the mother had mentioned to the one daughter who was more outgoing, more of the party girl, if you will, something yeah. about her boyfriend. And the girl, the daughter, just lost her shit, man. I mean, she just went crazy and i was kind of like that seemed too like it was just a throwaway like why you know why bring that up why was it so she's so um attached to this boyfriend that we never meet you know yeah so that that one part kind of threw me off a little also Mm -hmm. i just remembered that one point i was just like wait a minute is this boyfriend gonna appear or you know is there gonna be something like that but no it didn't but uh, overall, um, how many ice cream trucks are you going to give this bad boy? 
Oh man. Or candy um, trucks? I mean what the heck is a candy truck, I, man? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna give it a three and a half. I, I think it was I think it was a really decent film. I, I didn't dislike this movie. Um I didn't love it, but I thought it was good and it was entertaining and it was really creepy and you know, there were cringeworthy moments in this film. You're like, Oh man, I can't I can't believe this, you know. This it's um there's a lot of um, roller coaster moments, you know. There's there's some um, some good tension, and then he does a good job in trying to release it, and then brings it back around, um, where the you we as the viewer get a sense of the turmoil and the trauma that these girls are going through uh, with these with these creepy bastards that just completely you know ruined their lives. They you know they murder their mother. And they have, you know, done their best to destroy them. Um, it, it was, I, I liked it. And uh, maybe, you know, like I said, I, I if I watch it again, I may even like it a little bit more. Um, but like I said, the solid acting, um, a, a different take on, on kind of a similar, you know, uh, what do you call those uh, those types of movies where they, they break and enter, you know, um, why do I just draw a blank? A similar movie. You're trying to think of a yeah, similar like movie. Yeah, like there's like a whole genre of of people that break into uh, uh, you know strangers. Into, maybe I don't know, but it's it does it's a similar type of trope where you know people break yeah. into the house and and you know you have to um, overcome the invasion, home invasion. Thank you. Right, I, I figured right. it out. So yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was a pretty good take on that home invasion home invasion trope, um, and I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. And again, acting is solid. Yeah, I I mean I would definitely give um you know props to the acting and and again stylistically the that that realism um but I I think I had too many problems with again the um the choice for you know these these villains again they're outsiders uh, uh, you know and that again one is mentally you know, whatever, and then the other is is kind of trans. So I did have a little bit of a problem with that, but uh, yeah. so I give it to two and a half. Um, I gotcha. Yeah, because again, I I couldn't I kind of couldn't get past that. You know, um, yeah. I I don't know if maybe giving the character the the villains. You know what? Why are they doing this? You know what I mean. I I don't know if you would need to include that in a movie, but uh, I I wonder if it could have made it more interesting. I don't know. I always hate knowing yeah. why. Right. And right. I think that's some of the things that I, I always like about um you know if we just snap out of this um and go off on a tangent. What mm -hmm. I liked about George Romero's zombie films so much mm. are the fact that we don't know what's causing this to happen There's the no MacGuffin. explanation right yeah, the Mac that's, th that's not the, knowing is the best right. it is like um, that's that was that was uh um hitchcock's thing the birds yeah, yeah there was we don't no know reason why it's happening birds, you have no yeah, clue right, and then right. suddenly yeah. inexplicably it goes away as quickly as right. it or as it came yeah, um, yeah it's just you know it's the power of nature i mean like i like you know when the characters have to um have to rack their brains and figure out why is this happening and that's what these girls are like what's going on why is this happening you don't know why and that's why i think it could be something as random as this young girl in a moment of rebelliousness give gives them the finger and now suddenly you're that you're on their radar 
They were just yeah. they were just driving yeah. on the highway. They weren't paying attention to you know they who knows they were just looking for the right people to to stalk. And I think you yeah. know they brought attention to themselves by by this situation. I'm not saying I'm not blaming the victim. I'm just saying that you know you're bringing unwanted attention to yourself when you you know you. Uh, uh, yeah, telling, just the slightest thing. When you, when you thing, tell right, the yeah, right. you tell the stalker, yeah. "Hey, look at me! I, go fuck yourself! I'm I'm better than you." I mean, those right, right. you know those killers are are out there just waiting to find somebody that fits into uh, their mo. Like, what's going to work for them? And I, I just think that you know they they were in an isolated house. They had they had the perfect thing. There was no no uh, protection. I mean, the mother did her best to do so, but I mean. You know, she was was duped like everybody else because that one character uh, appears as a woman, um, and it and it's kind of she's kind of off putting because you know her face doesn't look quite right. Um, you know, she's kind of um, even though she's slender, she has quite um, like quite a mannish type build, and you're uncertain of what you're looking at. And I think that you know. I understand where you're coming from in, in, you know, today's day and age, um, we have a sensibility like people, you know, we need to give people the benefit of the doubt, but, and we, and we do, but still just because somebody is trans doesn't necessarily mean that they're a good person just because somebody is, you know, fit and fits into, um, what we what we call a typical good person. We don't know what lies behind. I mean, there have been plenty of people who were like senators and other people, priests who have raped people and and you know done morally reprehensible things. So I understand where you're coming from. We have uh, there's a, a sensibility where we don't want to cross that line. And you know this person made the you know made this option of utilizing these old tropes there have been plenty of you know mentally handicapped uh, monster movies where the 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 uh, antagonist or the monster you know lies in his parents basement or or he's hidden from the world jason voorhees you know he was a special child you know and jason you know he was deformed and he had you know he was a monster uh, so you look at this and yeah people did look at and and unfortunately still do look at the outsider as a monster like this isn't a normal individual this person i sh- I, I should be afraid of them and it it plays on those fears and i think it does it right see yeah that's i mean for me is that it doesn't i i think it it um uses those characteristics as kind of like you think it does it in a cliched manner? Yeah, well, not not even cliched, but I think it, I wouldn't say dangerous, but in in a non-productive way. Or you know, it's saying, "Oh, look at how she, you know, this this person is trans, and so they're creepy, or this person's d- disabled, they're creepy." You know what I mean? So I kind of that really you. kind of bothered me. It's like you know. It, it didn't. I'm you know, less sensitive to that. I, I yeah. guess I'm a little bit, you know, I don't know. I understand where you're coming from. And I understand how people out there would look at this and say, well, this is a fucked up way of representing um, of representing these two 
demographics or these two people that you know we shouldn't we should be on more understanding about people in this situation but these weren't people to, to be empathetic of these were stalking murderous raping freaks of nature yeah I, it's just that also <laughs> I, I mean it's it's also you're looking at people that have historically always been vilified or not maybe not always but but certainly have you know that that yeah. was a, a stereo, you know, that 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 kind of it's a uh, stereotype that they just prop, you know, continued to propagate. In yeah, exactly. That's why I was kind of uncomfortable okay. with it, especially in you know, this day and age. You I know? understand, and I can understand yeah. why people would feel, you know, uh, put off as a result of seeing this done like this. But for me, I don't yeah. know. I've seen so many movies growing up, and I've seen other other types of movies that take advantage of that um, of that outsider persona. Um, that I kind of, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm less, um, I'm less bothered by it, I guess. Right. Um, I think, yeah, I did, uh, I was watching actually a, a video review of, um, sleepaway camp and talking about how, mm. you know, talking about how, um, certain, Angela. you know, horror movies, they play around with these ideas, but does that mean that they're bad or, you know, um, but even I mean, even ignoring that, if if I were to ignore that, for me it just I mean yes, there there were certainly frightening parts and you know the brutality and stuff like that, but it just I don't know it just wasn't compelling enough for me. It didn't introduce any new ideas, you know, and that's what I'm always looking for in movies is new ideas. Um, I think that it was it, it, it I think the story uh, the director or the the writer thought it was clever to have the whole um you know uh illusion that she's uh living this perfect life with a husband and a child you know and then it turns out to be fake but i think that anyone would probably be able to see right through it that this is mm-hmm. you know what i mean and and i think that um that was also another thing that i had a problem with is i think the <laughs> maybe the director thought he was being clever when he really wasn't. Yeah. And that's why I kind of, you know, wasn't, wasn't that keen on it. I get you. I mean, I know a lot of people probably look at these types of films, you know, um, that take, you know, like slasher movies and, um, and use those similar tropes. And they say that it's, you know, just propagating misogynist type, um, films and things of that nature. Um, I don't know. The the some of the dialogue was a little bit, you know, like you said, heavy-handed and a little flat at times. That was probably my biggest con- uh, you know, complaint would be, you know, some of the dialogue wasn't so written so great and and uh, you know, but all in all, like I said, I mean, if you if you like your movies that are pretty raw. Excuse me, pretty ro- raw or robust in when it comes to violence, you probably would appreciate this movie for what he was, um, you know, for what he was trying to achieve with it. It's not, like I said, a, a great movie, but I thought it was it was pretty decent. Rock and roll. So, uh, all right. Three um, and a half. Would you give it a two and a half? Two and a half. Yeah, two and a right. half. Uh, ice cream. Ice cream trucks. If <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It was like a candy truck. What is that? That's <laughs> maybe I, I don't maybe know. that's it's a French really, thing. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I don't know, but it is it is odd. And uh, yeah. like I said, you know, it's um, 
I I do like um his films have um a certain well aesthetic je ne sais quoi. you know Ooh, a certain aesthetic le that, uh, yeah and uh I I think he's I think he's a solid director uh, I don't uh I'd like to see more by him so rock and roll yeah. are we gonna well you know gonna... the next uh-huh. episode that we're gonna be working on is a review of some slasher films and mm. Omar and I have a, a friend of ours who um, you know Rob has his own um, passion about um, horror movies too and he and I have been friends for quite some time I introduced Omar to him a few few years back mm-hmm. um, so Rob has, an, uh, he used to have the Orange Ulster Horror Club, and anyone who's listening to this, um, you know, that's friends with me and, and knows Rob, and they may be familiar with the Orange Ulster Horror Club, and he used to go to different locations throughout Orange and Ulster County, New York, and he would go to, you know, um, you know indie record shops, he would go to this really cool place that was in uh, Warwick, New York, it was kind of a cafe, but they would, uh, they sold food, and they had beer there, uh, it would be a great place to go get something to eat, and he would show up with a projector and, and some movies, and he would just show horror movies, because he that's what he does. I mean, he loves horror that much. He would just basically show up, and if someone just said, "Hey, you know, uh, if you want to, you know, give five bucks, you know, to just cover gas and stuff like that," you know, he would just take donations. So doing that's it how old I, school. That yeah, that's how I met him. Uh, one night, I was with a, a couple of friends, my girlfriend, and we were just uh, at this place, just grabbing something to eat, and we had happened to hear about, oh, this guy's showing horror movies there as well. So we're like, "Well, shit, let's go and have a good time, eat." good food have something uh to drink and we watched a couple of horror movies and so we met him there because we were horror freaks too and we went eventually we just did a bunch of orange ulster shows we just went around you know to these two counties um whenever he was doing them and we would just show up um one night he actually came to my house and we did a huge halloween thing out in my backyard because we have a pretty big yard about five acres of land um, oh yeah and we had we, we put a, a huge 20 yeah 20 by 20 um movie screen and we we uh, played movies. There was about thirty five of us in my backyard, and and I we had um, you know food. People brought food, and we made popcorn and everything else. And we watched you know some horror movies. So uh, flat, you know, fast forward a few years, and Rob and I um, you know caught up, and he's like, "Hey, what have you been up to?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know, Omar and I started a podcast." He's like, "Holy shit!" You know, we I started um, a video blog called terror at synth high and i was like well that's a great name and he's like oh thanks you know i'm really excited so omar it's and on I youtube did... yeah it's on youtube you can yeah. check it out terror at synth high and omar and i did an episode with him um which was a lot of fun just talking about how omar and i met how we got into horror you know the movie that we uh that we made um that we that we released on Amazon, you can check it out, or it's streaming on Vimeo, other places. Um, mm-hmm. So he was like, "Hey, you know, why don't we do this kind of on the regular on a regular basis?" So Omar and I were, you know, ecstatic about it because it just gives us an opportunity to talk about what we like to talk about more horror movies and and just talk about it with cool people. So the next episode we're going to be doing is the slasher movie top five. And so it's going to be the three of us talking about slasher movies and what we feel like at this moment in time that we're, we're compiling our lists. So we're going to give you guys a, um, a rundown of our top slasher movies of all time. 
Yeah, so I gotta try to think episode. of some obscure stuff, man. Because yeah, you know, well, tr- trying to avoid the Halloween and you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and all that. So yeah, yeah and those gotta... are like the things that we've seen again and again. But I want to talk about some slasher movies that we don't always talk about because everyone talks about Halloween. And I, I mean, to, I as much as I like Halloween, if I'm gonna pick a slasher movie, I'm gonna pick. Um, you know, Black Christmas for me would be a more enjoyable slasher movie than to go back and see Halloween. Although I watch Halloween often enough, like maybe once a year around Halloween, we'll put it on. Or you catch Definitely. it on, you know, AMC has it on TV. And so I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to watch it. Um, of course. How could he say no? <laughs> but every Christmas, my brother does a, a Yule um, party at his house every and every year i bring it with me i have it on blu-ray now but every year i bring it and and just throw it in the background and you know we i'll watch it uh and probably again and again so it's there's just a bunch of great slasher movies and the fun thing is is that there's no wrong answer so um yeah look forward to that and uh again terror at synth high check out our partner or our friend rob um, and also check out our buddy Cooch at WebVantage LLC uh, and, uh, and check it out. Uh, there's a bunch of other people that we always want to give shout outs to. Um, but I think we're going to reserve this for uh, the, next, um, the next installment. Although, as a precursor to that, that episode, I do want to tell people about this book. It's called The Slasher Movie Book. And it's by J.A. Kurswell. K-E-R-S-W-E-L-L. I've had this book for about four years now or so. And it's a, a soft cover book by the Chicago Review Press. I can't say enough great things about these horror books that they released. I mean, it, it goes from, you know, the Italian giallo films and the importance of Italian giallo. If you're not familiar with that, you should check it out. Uh, Jalo films are probably the precursor to the modern slasher films that you've grown accustomed to. Um, you know, a, stalk, a young woman is stalked. The, the killer has, you know, leather gloves on. You never see, quite see the, their face. You, you don't know who it is. They're always, you know, obviously being attacked by um, a knife or some type of edged weapon. It's very, um, it's a, it's a great book. It talks about the evolution of this and it gives you tons of full color poster pictures, which I'm a huge fan of, of, um, the one sheet posters from, from, you know, horror movies or any movies in general. Um, but it gives you a rundown of the movie, the director, um, you know, a blurb about it. It talks of, you know, some, it, it gives you an, a complete picture of the slasher movie genre. So if you're into that, uh, we hope you are, because uh, that's the next episode. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Exactly. Um, the Slasher Movie Book. Check it out. I, I'm sure you could still get it. I think I got this off of Amazon. Um, it's probably around 30 bucks or so. So it's definitely worth the money. Not bad. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, Omar? I think that's it for me, man. All right. So thanks very much, everyone, for joining. As usual, we hope you liked what you heard. Um, You know, we're going to start posting back up on our social media, too. So uh, let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know if you if you like this movie or if you thought it sucked um, or if you're on the fence somewhere in the middle. Uh, We will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining Cinema Slaughter. We'll we'll catch up with you. All right. Take care, folks. Later. (laughs) 